Hello and welcome to the Black Women Working Podcast. It's Natalie and Shan here. Shan, do you want to say hi? Hey everybody. How you doing, Nat? Do you know what? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm not going to sound good because I'm not like particularly good. I'm not bad because I'm not particularly bad. I'm just... Three out of five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm exactly three out of five, you know? Um, but... Yeah, it's just one of those, I don't know if that period, like just before summer starts kicking off and it's mid-year, you're just like got a lot on your mind in terms of where you thought you'd be, where you aren't, maybe it's a time of like where you are in your monthly cycle, just my vibe is just not 100% vibing. My vibration is not low, but it's not high. It's It's also the coming out of hibernation. As the sun comes out, you realise, oh, snap, am I supposed to be outside does my body close and will it allow for it? I want yeah. it. <laughs> See you know what? I never thought of that, but that's like, that is probably spot on as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But guys, we're here to do a quick let's talk about it um, because we wanted to talk about the, it's not a love triangle, but it's a a racial power, interesting dynamic triangle between Ice Spice Taylor Swift and Matt Healy. So just a quick summary. Um, Matt Healy is Taylor Swift's rumoured boyfriend. Taylor Swift is the country slash pop singer. People might remember um, her because Kanye West went on stage and said that there's no way her video should have won music video of the year over Beyonce's put a ring on it video, which to be fair with you was completely correct. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's completely (laughs) correct. Um, is completely correct. That's neither here nor there. She's now an amazing, um, Taylor Swift's now an amazing pop star, 260 million followers. Um, phenomenal, as what other people say, not phenomenal to me, but major pop star with a major influence, right? Mm. Um, her rumoured boyfriend, Matt Healy, went on a podcast a few months ago and spoke about Ice Spice. He called her an Inuit. He called her a chubby Chinese girl, Um he mocked like accents and he was really discriminatory and derogatory about her appearance and her race. And so everyone kind of went crazy as we do Twitter rage, all different types of rage about how racist what he says was. And Matt apparently Healy... he's got previous outside oh, yeah. of Thank Ice you. Spice as well. In turn, I, th- I I mean I don't follow these people, but oh. um, just look just looking into it. Apparently, like watching derogatory porn of black women my gosh yes how can I miss that go on explain Mm. I I don't even have the details around it but there's some there's been some questionable allegations and insights into his behaviors and attitudes yeah he said some really nasty stuff about how he likes watching black women get brutalized in in porn um just lots of disgusting behaviors basically he dressed up as a nazi he did a nazi salute on his podcast he's probably one of the many um white men that seem to be allowed to get away with having very racist content on their platforms and don't really get sanctioned for it but that's a different conversation for a different day so he then apologized a few months later like i'm sorry if i offended you he apologized on con- on stage on concert and i think he spoke to a rolling stone magazine Taylor Swift, his rumoured girlfriend, didn't say anything. She stayed silent. Some people would argue, you know, she doesn't need to speak up um, about anything her man or so-called or rumoured man is doing. Um, 
And her fans have actually called her out on it because this guy is very, very problematic. Now, fast forward to this week, we see that Taylor Swift announces that she has done a collaboration with Ice Spice. They've collaborated on a song. I don't even want to know what the song is. I think it's called Karma. And um, a lot of people are very, very surprised at that simply because her boyfriend or rumoured boyfriend was so derogatory about Ice Spice. And now Ice Spice, as a young um, black artist that is a young black woman or woman of mixed heritage, depending on how she categorises herself, wants to um, progress in her career, is now collaborating with one of the biggest pop stars, arguably in the Western world. And Taylor Swift did not say anything about the racist comments. She did not um, She did not acknowledge the comments. She just simply went on her Instagram to announce that she's working with Ice Spice. And I saw one of the comments um, that I really kind of wanted to dissect. And it said, Taylor Swift, and this is someone on Twitter called Undercover Army 4. Taylor Swift failing to address the racist comments Matt Healy made towards Ice Spice and then finding a way to profit off of her with a new collaboration is a textbook example of white woman feminism. It's convenient, manipulative, and continues to shield protect and protect white men. Now, I don't know how you feel, Shan, but I don't want to go into the, the ins and outs of whether Ice Spice should work with Taylor Swift. I don't think that's a conversation we personally can have because we don't know the background, we don't work in that industry, and we just don't know what's happened behind closed doors, right? Right. But the reason this whole situation was triggering for me is because it's reminded me of multiple times, even in my own career, where I have probably suffered, and I'm sure you can speak to it, and lots of other black women can speak to it, where we've kind of like suffered discrimination, unfair treatment, um, kind of race, all racially based, and still had to be forced to work with the people that have abused us without any acknowledgement or apology. Ah. <laughs> the deep sigh. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's two different things that stand out to me in that. Firstly, I'll never forget my rage when I was, I was about 17, 18, I was at college. And um, uh, I say a friend, but using the term loosely, he has said in, in sort of, in conversation about how we work with white people, you got to kiss ass to smack it. Ooh. And I was like, oh, God, man, I ain't about no ass. I'm not about no ass kissing. Like, if I'm if I'm outraged with you, I'm going to be outraged and stand my ground or whatever. <laughs> um, And it's easy to say that as an 18-year-old in a college space, not in the workspace, right? Absolutely. So the sentiment of, kiss ass to smack it we don't know how this collaboration came about what conversations they have or haven't had behind the scenes but the bottom line which you've got to is we at least in the workspace when you're employed when you're not self-employed we don't set your own direction we're not always in a position where we can just cut ties mm. um and lock people off mm. especially if they are potentially the people who are going to benefit and push us forward in yeah, our next true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, like a lot of people on social media, when I was looking into it, 
were like, why would she do this? It's a wrap for I Spice. But I'm like, why wouldn't she do this? She's going to be opened up and exposed to a whole new, a whole new audience. It's going to be a chance for her to make a lot of money. And you don't know how long you're going to be hot for, right? So we don't know whether she's here for a long time or a good time. And I don't know if at the age of 23, one of the biggest, you know, pop stars in the world asked me to collaborate with them. I would have the guts to turn around and say no, because their boyfriend said something about me. And I just think it's interesting because Taylor Swift could have, may have apologised like in private, but the comments were made in public, even though she didn't make it, she could say, you know, I don't condone what Matt has said, da, 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 whatever. Like you say, we don't really know how the collaboration came 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 around. I think what's interesting is the power dynamic here that people are, are missing. And I think for me, it kind of just makes me sad. It depends on, it depends on what you see as powerful, right? So like sort of going back to that kiss ass to smack it. I didn't like it because I was like, by saying that I have to kiss ass implies that I am lesser than I'm accepting someone who is above. Yeah. But one of the things in this situation, and I think that applies to us in the workplace, is we also don't know what I Spice chose to listen to, what matters to her. Did she take on board these comments? Was she offended? Because they've come to light to us because of what other people have seen as important and serious. And one of the things that we have to navigate as black women in the workplace is where we start to cancel noise. And I'll give an example, uh, a friend of mine the other day. No, I think that's too dark. Like, I don't want to get into the ins and outs of the decision I Spice made because she can't speak for herself and she's never... No, but in terms of power dynamics, but, um, I think... Go, go on. Because I the power dynamic I'm talking about here is the fact that Ta- Taylor Swift has is, is a much bigger pop star and is going to open her up to a new audience. And then the inherent parent in the fact that she's a white woman and I Spice is not. Those right. are the power dynamics I'm talking okay. about. And I feel like... Saying you've got to kiss ass to smack it is is talking about sucking up. I think kissing ass compared to having to work with someone when you've potentially been racially abused by someone very close to them or alternatively racially abused by them. Is that really kissing up or is that something different? Okay, so so like kissing up might not be the right term of phrase in terms of the example that we're leaning to. But my point is in terms of power, we could look through one lens, you can look at it in the way that you've just described that Taylor Taylor Swift has the the upper hand. She's, she is the person here who is being lent on. If you look at it through another lens, the power might lie in, she's giving me this opportunity. I'm going to take it because this is what I need for myself to elevate. Mm -hmm. So in that respect, while some people, which hasn't been the narrative, and I know we're we're trying to talk not so much about um ice spice as the case, but rather the concept. Mm. But how how you could see it through the lens of ice spice is actually I'm the more powerful one in this respect because I'm not going to cut off my ties. I'm not going to cut my nose off to spite my own face because I know my game, I know the lane that I'm slaying in, and so therefore. 
I'm using the pa- my power within me. Is that like that- when we, we can say the N-word and we've like decolonized it and we've taken away its heritage because we, we now say it and we've got ownership of it. I mean, I just think, but Taylor Swift's like, I get it. I, I get, this is the thing I, I get it and but I just I just I know I, I know I, but but this is might be that but this is the thing you will have you will have two camps right you'll have the camp that's like absolutely no way I ain't freaking working with her her people duh, 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 no way and they're standing in their ground because that's their power of saying no that's their power of saying what what you've done is not acceptable versus the I know what works to my advantage here. So let's separate out, let's take away Taylor in, in that respect. It's where, where does your power lie? What do you see as your power move for you as opposed to the dynamic? Yeah, I mean, I can see what you're saying is valid. Absolutely valid. Both, both valid. Both sides of the coin are valid. I just, um, I, I just think that I, I, I would rather go with. It's better to, not it's better, but I wouldn't tell anyone what bag to or not chase. Everyone knows their purpose. They know their end goal. Like I said earlier, I would just, for me, I would just be kind of like, yeah, she's done it. It's a good thing for her. It will probably benefit her in some way, but I don't see that as any rec reclaiming of power I just see it as her having to participate in a system that is that needs a gate that needs a sign off from a white woman that needs a gatekeeper to open a door who better than Taylor Taylor Swift and also just to clarify Matt Healy didn't apparently he didn't specifically say those comments he was in a podcast laughing when those comments were made I don't know it is what it is the other the other thing here for me is um performativeness and 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 the stunt around it yeah right which is very timely because I know that we didn't plan to talk about this sort of in the podcast or even today but we are coming up to June we are coming up to x amount of years since your black squares and there is something to be said about the performative nature of solutions the performative nature of fixing and it's like are you doing, are you white person, white organisation doing the thing that is palatable, that looks good, that needs to be done to rectify this? Or are you actually solving deep root problems? And this is far, I mean, the conversation goes far beyond Taylor Swift and yeah, exactly. I Spice because at the end of the day, they're just two musicians trying to put music out there. They could fully well in the same way. I think once Beyonce was like, I don't need to stand up and talk about feminist issues in terms of sitting on interviews. My feminism shows however it shows through my music. They might not care um, yeah. to be labouring the point of race and racial divisions, but mm-hmm. but it is sentiment of how do people, how do these organisations, these being white people, white organisations show up and fix things when they need to and you you mentioned the idea of like we don't know whether she did or did not get an apology whether us as a people even Taylor Swift's fans wanted to see and hear that apology direct is that the fixer saying sorry like I mean I I kind of want to move it away from Ice Spice and Taylor Swift and think about you know kind of 
instances even in our own careers you don't have to share and kind of how we navigate this difficult this difficult space because ultimately for me it it's it can have a lot of things happen this is why we have the let's talk about it they always seem to happen um to black women working in media in entertainment where they're super highly visible but I think that they happen everywhere in different workplaces. It's just that we see because it's a celebrity issue, it, it gets that it gets that elevation. So for me, I think it's really interesting to think about how we as black women cope with that. If you've been if you've worked in a workplace where someone has made a racist joke or you've been at a work do and someone's husband has made a racist joke, you know, how do you continue to work for, for that person? How how do you continue to to navigate, especially when that person has a position of power? And that position of power can 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 help you, like you said earlier, like benefit your career. Like, how do you even begin to navigate that? I always return to like one of my earliest lessons. I've shared this on the pod multiple times, but one of my earliest lessons in in my career journey, where there was some wild miscommunication between me and the head teacher before I'd even started, and middlemen in between getting messages, and it really it really broke my spirit before I'd even started Mm. and I had a coach and I've definitely said this message before but she was like something is unsettling for you there's something that's blocking your movement here there's something that's blocking you from feeling happy in this space what is it and we got to a point where I was like I'm still not satisfied that there was a miscommunication um at the beginning of my employment journey here and nobody has directly addressed it with me and no one has apologized for the fact that they misunderstood me or whatever. Mm. And, you know, my coach was like, well, what would you want? And I was like, well, I feel like I want an apology. Yeah, right. And then, so then it's like, what is the purpose of that? If you go to talk, or I said, or I said, I think like I want to have, a, I think I said, I want to, I want the head teacher to actually come and talk to me mm-hmm. because all now we'd had middlemen and then avoided it. I want you to talk to me. And my coach was like, what's the purpose of that conversation? And I was like, I want an apology. What if you don't get the apology? What if the person is not sorry? What if they can't see what they're sorry for? And I had to reckon with that. First of all, I had to reckon with what is the main issue here? The main issue here is that there's a communication breakdown. This is not how I care to be communicated with. I don't like middlemen. I want to face things front on. And there is something about any working relationship where explicitly or implicitly but me as a coach I'm always explicit in contracting how do you want us to work together how Mm -hmm. and when are you most responsive what should I avoid when should I like if somebody's not a morning person let me know Uh, let me know that you're not going to process what I'm saying to you at 8 a.m better we have our meeting at 10 30 so I think you there's something about like understanding what it is that you require from the people that you work of when things go wrong but Mm. also you have to like be at peace and reckon with you might not get what you want and so then what happens Mm. and that's that's the problem that is ultimately the problem because not problem actually because I think as you get older you can you can navigate it differently but with your friends you can have an argument, you can shout it out, I can block you, I can ice you in relationships, you can walk away, leave. Work, it's depending different. on where you're at, your career, your family, your commitments might be a bit more difficult. Might be, 
might be. I'm at the age now where I'm like, if this ain't working for me, I'm going, I'll yeah. find something else. I appreciate that that's a luxury. That's a privilege that I have. But I think the difficult, the difficult thing is for us having to create peace in chaos. Yeah. Having to like, having to like, console ourselves in in knowing that that other person isn't always going to give you what you need your employer your co-worker whatever it is that you need that's the hard part yeah that's tough I think that's really really tough and I think I always I think I've mentioned this on the podcast when I saw that I remember ha- having to deal with that um supervisor said oh um I, that they thought my kids were all going to have different dads and still having to work with her the next day, still having to have her supervise me, still having to have her do my appraisal, still having to have her like, she was horrid to me. And to be fair, she's been promoted to like a really senior legal position. I feel to email the company and say, do you know this woman is a racist? Um, And I might do it because what have I got to lose? Because I should have sued them and I didn't. But that's a whole different conversation we have to talk about when you take action against your employer. But um. I remember at the time feeling like I didn't even have a choice and I didn't have a voice. And I remember raising it with um, another partner, the type of stuff that she was saying. And there was no discussion about moving me out of the team. There was no discussion about um, an apology. There was no discussion about about anything. Um, and then even when she was dismissed um, because of her racism, because somebody else complained and there was a big, you know, there was a big investigation. There was never any formal apology from the firm to us. And so when I see things like this happening, because I was pretty young, I think I was probably about the same age when this, when we were probably 24, 25, which is similar age to I Spy's age. I just think, you know, a lot of people were having comments like, she shouldn't do this and she shouldn't do that. And I just remember sometimes in your head, not even thinking it's an option to say you don't want to work with a person, specifically as a black woman in a working environment, you can feel like, you a young black woman you have a lot less choices and a lot less agency over who and where you work with especially when you see yourself at the beginning of a very long career path so yeah it just yeah and I think you know I'm, I'm, I know we're not we're not long in the tooth in the game but we're also not young either yeah, and I, I always respectfully say you know there there are parts to our our being here as women in our 30s these are lessons that we've learned these are not things that have come naturally conversations that I have with my boss and my seniors now are are probably not ones that I would have even maybe I might not have even recognized were problematic and if I did I would probably make the choice to swerve them knowing that they carried heavy on my heart heavy on my shoulders whereas now like I'll give you a clear example like the other day my boss he asked me to do something and then about a week later he was like honestly Chantel have you started I wasn't in the mood yet so at the at the time that he asked me I said yes yes I've started (laughs) but in our next meeting I said before we start I just need to pull you up on your use of language because when (laughs) you say when you say honestly Chantel have you started what I'm hearing is you are not believing that I'm doing the thing that I've said that I've got to do. What I'm hearing is there's mistrust. What I'm hearing is whatever. And wow. he was taken back. He was like, oh, God, no, I didn't mean it like that. He did. 
He definitely did mean it like that. <laughs> he didn't expect me to call him out on it. Yeah. But by telling him that, like, I can see through the lines here. I can read. I can read between the lines. When you say on this, not how far along are you with the task? That's a different inquiry question. Have you started yet? Yeah. Have you started? And like, that's different. And I, I appreciate. Like at that point, I didn't want an apology. I know I didn't want an apology, but what I needed you to know is using that tone, using that language has implications on how you view me as a worker. And I'm going to make sure that the two of us are straight on yeah. what we're seeing and what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's just a small example, very, very small, five minutes, less than, but there was a time in my life where that would have just weighed on me for months and I might have gone and worked harder proved myself been begrudging at him now however many years into my career I'm like I'll say what I've got to say and let's keep it moving boom it don't mean that much but I'm gonna let you know yeah I feel like I'm at that stage now as well where I'm just like I'm not having any more silly emails like I'm not having any more you know passive aggressiveness if you can't say it with your chest shut your mouth that is even a risk for me because <laughs> I remember someone emailed me um talking about how they was worried that I didn't have enough time to do to do these two deals and I messaged them back and I said I said excuse me I'm fine and I said also if you want to help me can you just give me the information I need as and when I ask for it and I kind of said it directly like that and um I just kind of really proud of myself because I thought I'm not having this because a lot of those kind of like honestly Chantel well I'm worried about you and stuff you wouldn't send that. I knew I could read through that and be like, you would never send that to my white colleague. You wouldn't dream, you wouldn't dream, you wouldn't dream of it. And I just and you know, I just wondered we'll get to a point where, especially with like the third anniversary of George Floyd's passing and the black square and this and that. I just wonder if we're gonna actually in our lifetime see a point where people stop acting mad at work and using work as a way to to try and silence us and manipulate us and control us because a lot of the issues we have in the workplace people think people think they can get away with madness and treating us it treating us a specific way not promoting us and things like that because they feel like we don't have any other option they feel like we don't have any choice so therefore you can talk to me however you want to talk to me because where else am I going to go you, you may, know, you know you how are, I feel about this. I think it was season four, episode eight. It's definitely episode eight, unconscious massa. My line in this, my 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 hard line line, and, and I, I stand by it every time, is I will never be cold. I will never be hungry. I will never be homeless. Or As in, say, yeah. I've got enough people in my network that there'll be a roof over my head. There could never be a night. If I had to sleep on 365 sofas, then so be it. But there'd never be a time where I sleep on the street and someone couldn't offer me a bowl of rice at night. And that fear of work, the world doesn't go round without work. Yeah. But you know, there will always be a job and we mustn't tie ourselves to fear. It's not even necessarily our fear, but the perception of the people around us that we don't have no other options. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. But I think, but I think that's fear. And I think that's what allows, um, these stupid these stupid behaviors and moving mad to continue because to some end we facilitate it because it's like oh these are the people in position of power these are people yes you do pay my bills absolutely 
absolutely no, but i work for it though <laughs> but i exactly i work for it you need me as much as i need you and so therefore when we can see regardless of the title that actually our importance and our value in this institution is somewhat somewhat equal yeah. on different levels change it's an exchange it's, it's an exchange there you go I can feel more confident in my boots to say, nah. But when you idolize and pedestal in, and remember also individuals in these institutions, in these organizations, people with stupid, stupid, fragile ego, egos or racist views, they're, these are individuals that are allowed to get away with nonsense. And we have to take us to some end to take ownership to how much I facilitate that process or not Mm. no absolutely absolutely yeah and I think the the more you don't set boundaries whether that's directly or indirectly through conversations is the more people feel like like they can push it with you I do feel like one of the big reasons people try me is because I don't have a husband like (laughs) no I do I do feel like people take the mick because I don't have a husband and I'm not saying I'm definitely going to get married, but I can't wait till I've got a husband. So I could be like, my, so that I talk about my husband, my big black six foot three husband who's in the gym every day. So, you know, if you mess with me, I'll messing with we. We'll catch you outside. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, that's super, super hyper aggressive. I'm from Tottenham. That's just the lamp. That's just the ecosystem I was raised in. But I do genuinely feel like, you know, if, and because I'm so young, as I look so young as well, and I am so young. I do feel like when I'm dealing with people who are like 15, 20 years older than me, they just see me as some any little little girl. But yeah. that's a conversation for a separate day. But it's just an example of how people feel like black women don't have anyone protecting them. So I'm always gonna I'm always gonna step over the boundaries. But um yeah, maybe we should call this one working with slash for the enemy, because you know, I think it's always gonna be incumbent on us as black women to always try and like you say kiss it then smack it we're always going to have to try and and pander to some of the desires of these people if we are working in these institutional structures and I know people that work for themselves have similar battles but different battles and they're not always allowed to turn down work or to turn down money from certain organizations just for economic reasons economic position they're in but you know I'm hoping that you know, one of my my visions is, you know, equity and equality for black women and that the more we keep having these conversations and calling these behaviours out, even if, you know, I spice, like you say, she might not be bothered, she might not feel that she has the the, the range, or alternatively, she might be like, look, I'm here trying to feed my family, I'm trying to make a bag, Taylor song, Taylor Swift wants me a song, I'm going to make a lot of money from that. I can I can handle a few stupid racist comments, Um you know, she may have her views, but it can be more difficult for people to try and to survive that type of, that type of thing mentally when they're not, you know, when they're in a different position that's more akin to our own. So if you're going through something like that, or any of the listeners going through something like that, like, please feel free to share your stories with us so we can give you some some encouragement. But it, it does actually need to change because I feel sad and then I feel angry that there's always going to, it seems like in our lifetime, there's always going to be a white gatekeeper that can act well, but we still have to appease them. And they're never really going to have to deal with the repercussions of their 
actions in a way we would see equitable. I hear you, but I, yeah. I, I, I still live on a hope and a prayer. No, we have hope, we have, hope and we have prayer, but yeah. it's just like, bruh, it's just a bit, it's just a bit nuts. It's just yeah. a bit nuts. But that being said, um, thank you for making the time to chat. It's been good to talk this one through. Conversation's gone in different places that then yeah. I which is always nice yeah it's like what, what are we talking about but it's like little thing not little thing but things happen in it and they just make us think about our wider world and and our macro and our micro worlds at work and at home and what, what we're doing with that information um but yeah it's always good to talk about it I do enjoy it let's talk about it definitely um and to the listeners um please tell a friend to tell a friend if you've got any comments um that you want to to give us about this conversation anything that you want to add like please feel free to reach out and get in touch um we always love to hear from you and love your feedback um but um in order to might as well do the housekeeping then you can do that via our social media platforms so we're mostly on instagram and twitter with the handles at bww podcast uk you can also find us on linkedin black women working we have a website for all the things that you may have missed in terms of our work over the last four going on five years and that's www.blackwomenworking.com and for a more personal touch we love your emails we've had so so many connections from you guys suggestions and and experience shared our email is blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com okay cool and please make sure you like subscribe and share nice one (laughs) all right sweetie See you later. Have a great day. See you later. Bye.